Gun line, gun line, gun line. We got a fire mission coming down, y'all. I'm your host, Lopez, and you're listening to the On the Gun Line podcast, episode number 292. God damn, time is flying by. On today's episode, we got a homeboy who is coming here to the gun line. He used to be a Delta or Juliet, whatever the fuck they're called now. And uh, uh, then he went to being a Fox. Fucking Fisters. Oh, shit, son. It should be getting wild here on the gun line today. So go on and pop a squat because it's going to get hot. You are on the gun line now. With that being said, I'd like to introduce my guest. I've never met him till literally three to five minutes ago. And all I know is his last name is Duke. And I think he might be related to David, but I'm not sure. And if y'all don't get that joke, y'all need to step out. All right. Anyways, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Not too bad, man. Uh, just hanging out. Just, uh, wife just got home, so we're just kind of chilling. Hell yeah, son. Oh, man. I tell you what. I don't I don't miss those days of, of coming home and then. Well, now it's flip flopped, I guess, because I don't come home. I am home. I'm gonna stay at home. I'm gonna stay at home, Dad. Now, so, um, are are you working or, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I work. Let's pump the brakes on this. We're getting way ahead of ourselves already. Um, All right. just so excited to be here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to have a new guy to have a shoot the shit with, because normally it's not. It's it'll be me and or I'm, I'm doing a midweek memo, but a shoot the shit is what this purpose of this shit was for. So, anyway, with that said. Um, your name is Richard. Yes, yeah. Richard Duke. Richard Duke. Right? All right, yeah. Duke. Tell us about yourself, man. What's your story? Uh, like, where do you want to? Where do you want me to start? Well, let's or start like off of aspect. Uh, let's go to where were you, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Colorado. Uh, okay. Yeah, so like Western Slope, not like Denver or anything. I'm from a small very small rural town like the closest walmart is two hours away um in any direction uh like there was like in my high school there was a hundred kids in my entire high school god damn okay so you come from like a small little town out in colorado so when you say the western so by talking about like on the other side of the rockies on the western side so yeah western slope is the western side of the rockies um so like i was uh like almost in utah pretty much like it was closer for me to get into utah than it was for me to go to like colorado springs or anything like that gotcha man i'll tell you what colorado is fucking beautiful bro i loved it out there it i was stationed out there in uh, carson so from 2011 to 2015 um, out of two seven seven FA, and um, I tell you, I loved it out there. But the cost of living too fucking much. So um, you come from a small town out in fucking Colorado, hundred kids uh to your high school. That's fucking crazy. Uh, do you have any prior military family, like your dad, your mom's grandpops, anything like that in the military? Uh, and my uh, my cousin Jeff, he he was in the military. He was a uh, a mortarman, eleven Charlie. Okay. And he he was older than me and he uh he had deployed a bunch and all kinds of stuff and he had actually uh he got out because he um he got blown up and he was going to be a triple amputee but they uh they were able to save his legs so he oh, only shit. lost one arm. Okay. So um like he was and then 
there's two other people, but he was a big influence on like a lot of my decisions when I was going into the military for sure. Like he was going through all my paperwork and he was telling me like, you know, what was going on. Uh, And then my grandfather, he was in the air force. uh, And he's not really my grandfather. He's like my aunt's father, but not my mother's father. Gotcha. Um, But him and his son, they were both. uh, So grandpa Carl, he was in the air force for like 25 years. And then my uncle David, which is his son, he and I were both in at the same time. And he was a, he was in, uh, uh, officer though. So okay. Whole different we, experience. we were never state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Right on. So, uh, so what got you? Well, first of all, how old are you? I'm 29, 29. Yeah. I'm sure. 29. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Right on. What year did you join? Uh, 2014. Oh shit. I was already on my way out, baby. Yeah, I was mad bored at that time. Second half of 2014, I was already a mad bored. Fucking um, cool shit. So how did you end up uh, joining? Why? Like, what what, what got your attention? And specifically, why did you end up in the, in the Army of all places? So, like, actually, I... Uh, um, originally, I wanted to go into the Marine Corps mm-hmm. when I was, like, in high school and stuff. Uh, and I didn't go to, like, a... Like, I my high school, I said there was a hundred kids in my school. That was like the traditional high school that I was going to. And, um, I ended up dropping out and going to job Corps. I don't know if you know what job Corps is. San Diego job Corps graduate right here, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I went to Colburn job Corps, uh, which is in Colorado. Uh, and I, I don't know what your job Corps was like, but like my job Corps, like we lived there. Um, we used to get paid. Some of them, Mm-hmm. yeah exactly we get paid um I did the whole thing so i like did the whole job corps program and that's kind of like being in the army or being in mm-hmm. the military um but uh i was wanting to go into the marines and that would have been like in 2012 okay uh but job corps didn't want me to like because they have a lot of control over your life like a lot of people don't realize that um like I, and I was underage, so oh, I couldn't okay. do, do a lot of things. So I was, I was only 16 and I was like 17 when I was graduating. So, so then you ended up getting your GED while you were in job Corps then? I got my high school diploma. Oh, you got your, through job Corps or before? Through job Corps. So, oh, okay. uh, the, the job Corps I went to, I don't know how all of them work, but mm-hmm. they had a high school program where oh, okay. I went. Yeah, see, yeah. when I went there in Job Corps, I went to San Diego, but this is 1995 when I went. All right, so just to put the perspective on that shit, 1995, I went to Job Corps in San Diego, and um, uh, one week you would do uh GED work, you know, to get your 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 good enough diploma, and then the second week would be Trade Week, and depending on whatever trade you you selected that that week, would you like? I was I was in solar, um, I did like solar panel installation and shit like that. Which led me to nowhere. But anyways, um, they did pay me every fucking week or every two weeks. And I used to go to TJ and spend that money, baby. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they 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 do control, especially if you're under seven. If you're 17, they, they don't let you do anything, bro. I mean, you couldn't even go off campus, at least in, where I was at. You couldn't go off campus until you passed the swim test. 
you you weren't allowed to go on campus. I mean, it is fucking dictator dictatorship there. You know what I mean? And then uh, you're right about the whole military thing. Um, like in our rooms, we had like two, one, two roommates, and um, you have to have the hospital corners on the fucking on the beds, no dust. God damn, they were strict as fuck back then, man. My bad. Go ahead, baby. Uh, no, no, yours. That's cool. Um, mine was a uh, my job core was different. Um. So same hospital corners and all that, but like there was like 10 dudes in the room that I lived in. There was like oh. 10 of us. Yeah. Dang. So it would be like, it was like how it was set up was bed, closet, um, divider, bed, closet, divider, bed, closet, divider. Mm. And so you, all you had was a closet to put your stuff in. And uh, mm. like uh, we weren't allowed to have phones. There were pay phones in the day room. No one yeah. was allowed to leave um except for on the weekends right. so you had they had like a rank system and if you uh as you like ranked up you could get more weekend passes and then so you could go out instead of going out one weekend a month you could go out two and then when you got a little bit higher you go three and then oh, a little shit. bit higher you go four but during oh. the day like mm-hmm. uh, monday through friday you couldn't leave at all unless you were uh like in the highest rank, which was gold. If you were in gold, you could leave after class and stuff. Oh no shit. Yeah, they had y'all locked down, bro. Cause I mean for us they let us go out like on between five and I think we had to be back by ten. And they used to take us in these fucking little minivans and drop us off like by the mall. Or you know, and they will pick us up like every hour on the hour there would be a a, a pickup. So um yeah dude I mean it and then on, on the weekends, bro, uh, TJ Tijuana was like literally three trolley stops away from us. So uh, we used to party the fuck up out there. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I don't know about your job core, but when I was there, bro, this back in 95, once again, STDs were fucking flying high through that place. Bro. I mean, that place was, <laughs> whoo wee, you better wrap it up, baby. <laughs> You're going to be pissing razor blades. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. So uh, what uh, trade did you take while you were there? I did carpentry. Okay. Okay. Did that help you um, out in, um, in anything when you got into the military or no? Well, let's you know, push my on. Dad, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. Uh, oh, no. My dad was a carpenter, so I already knew everything like going into it. And uh, like that was kind of like my plan was to go to Job Corps. And I ended up graduating early because I went to Job Corps. So nice. Yeah, dude. I, I spent yeah. a year and a half in Job Corps. I went there. I got there in May of 95, graduated August 96. I mean, God damn. To me, that was my college years. I was a poor motherfucker. So, and you know, Job Corps was for at-risk youth. So I was one of those at-risk youth (laughs) during that time. But you know what? It did come in handy. The Job Corps came in handy for me when it came time to recruit. When I went to uh, my recruiter, apparently they have a thing with Job Corps. So, they were able to allow me in the army, even if I have a GED, as long as I had a fifty or above on my on my ASVAB. So okay, yeah, dude, because with the GED, they weren't trying to take us in too too much, you know, until the war got a little more. I guess uh, I guess with needing more bodies. So uh, talk to me about your your adventures as the recruiter. How how'd that end up? Uh, like when I enlisted, yeah. I actually enlisted out of Tulsa, actually. So 
and this is this is kind of funny. Um, I moved after I graduated. We moved out here, and I lived out in Tulsa. I'm in Tulsa right now. Okay. So um, lived out in Tulsa for a couple of years, and I was framing houses, and uh, I was making good money, but I was just kind of like a, a pothead kid, and I was younger than everybody, and I really wasn't like going anywhere or doing right. anything. Um, so I had kind of been like, okay, like I got to figure something out. I got to do something else. And, uh, I like had applied for jobs and I quit smoking weed and I, um, was like applying to go to college and all this stuff. And, uh, I had this girlfriend and she, she, I always say that she's, I was dating a stripper, but she wasn't a stripper at the time, but she used to be a stripper. And, uh, I had, we were, there's this, you ever heard of Rocklahoma? No. What is that? Oh, so it's Rocklahoma is just like a big concert. Like, uh, like it's two or four days and you get campsites and you go out there and stuff. Kind of like saving up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like rock, rock and roll stuff. Um, and I had been saving up money to buy our tickets and to get a campground uh like a campsite so like you go and you camp out and then Mm -hmm. you go into the you know the whole thing and uh that girl she fucking stole all my money and then split and uh i had been like during that like that month before she had left i had been like thinking about okay like maybe i'll go join the army this oil company offered me a job to go work on the oil rigs and like this college was trying to get me to go to college. And mm-hmm. so I had some things going on and I was like, fuck it. Like, let's just go to the army. And I went into the recruiter's office and I had like some pothead shirt on. And I was like, yo, I want to join the army. And they said, you need to take a drug test. Mm. And, um, <laughs> so they made me, they made me piss in a cup and I passed cause I had quit smoking, but they, uh, they pissed test me every single time I went into the recruiter's office and they like, pushed me into the 13 Delta stuff. I didn't know what it was. They just said it was artillery. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And they were like, look here, let's sign a contract for the 13 Delta stuff. You're going to have to wait six months. And if something better comes up in those six months, like we'll give you that and nothing better came up. And like, they were just like, they, they pushed me through the whole process really quick. So Mm -hmm. it was like, um, like I went in and I was like, I want to join the army. And they said, you need to take a drug test, took a drug test. And then they were like, when can you take the ASVAB? And I was like, you tell me when mm-hmm. they scheduled me like the next week I went and took the ASVAB. And during that week I had filled out all the paperwork and then I took the ASVAB and I scored like a 50 something. And then um, immediately they turned around and they were like, okay, you got to go to MEPS. And th- we have you slotted for this 13 Delta thing. It's an artillery thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. Like I, I was like, I don't want to be a 13 Delta. And then, right. but I was like, when I, when I get to MEPS, I'll talk to him and I'll see if I can change it. Right. So uh, I got to MEPS and the dude was like, well, we can, uh, we can pull this off of your paperwork, but you know, if, if there's no other jobs available, there's nothing we can do for you. And like, then I got nervous and I was like, oh, fuck, I'll just take it. You know, I'll just take yeah. whatever I can get ended up as a Delta. What did you want to do? Uh, like if they were had, if knowing what you know now, uh, what, uh, what other position would you have gone for? Like what other MOS? 
knowing like what I know now, mm-hmm. I, I would have been a fister. Like I would have been a, a fister from the beginning. Like if I had known what a 13 Fox was before mm-hmm. I joined the army, because yeah. like nobody knows what a 13 Fox is. But if I knew what that was, I would have, I would, I would have picked that right away. Uh, and anytime I, mean, I have friends, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, you got it. Go ahead, baby. Go ahead. Uh, anytime I have friends though, I'm like, and they're talking about like they want to join the military. I tell I tell them about the 13 Fox stuff. I don't try and force them or mm-hmm. convince them, but I'm like, look, you should think about this. What uh what what turned you off about the Delta, uh the Delta position? I well, I just I didn't know anything about it. Um, so like basic training, uh like the drill sergeants, they would tell people what their MOS was and stuff. And like, I never did that with them until the end. I had like one drill sergeant that like I was cordial with and I was like, yo, what the fuck is this MOS? And he was like, dude, that sucks, man. And uh, like I went through and I, I did it. I did my time as a Delta, but I like, um, I just didn't want to be the, like the nerd of artillery. You know what I right. mean? Right. I got you a hundred percent. You should have been on the gun line instead. So with that, that, um, so were you a mechanized or were you a uh, light? Uh, yeah, I moved around a lot. Um, I think the amount of time that I moved around was kind of uncommon, but generally I was on like triple sevens. Okay. Um, so I went to Korea first and I was uh, in Korea. I don't remember what the unit was in Korea, but like I didn't even see an artillery piece. Like we just like shot rockets. Oh, like, you yeah, went to the MLRS was, unit? Uh, it, I think they had artillery, but like it was like I worked in the talk. I never oh, like okay. we weren't doing we weren't doing the gun line stuff. So, um, damn. I, and I forget what the unit was. Are you familiar with? Well, I was I, stationed. I, I, in I watched Korea. some of your. Yeah, I was stationed in Korea back in uh, two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, and I was in first and fifteenth uh, field artillery. But I think it's all now under under a fires brigade, right? Uh, See, I don't remember. Were you at Casey or Hovey? I was at Hovey. Hovey? You know where the movie theater at? Is it at Casey? Uh, And then they have that. Okay, the movie theater at Casey. I never went to that. I know where the bowling alley is at Casey. In Hovey, I went to the movie theater there. It was right next to the restaurant. Uh, But um, so you were in Casey then, right? Casey, yeah. Okay, I know where the um, what the fuck, where the engineers are. I know where first tank is. I remember those bus stops and um, I remember the bowling alley. So there was were a... you guys over by Hobie Cut by any chance? In other words, by the so, Shoonover Bowl. There's, I remember the Shoonover Bowl, oh, um, but I can't think of what it was. Uh. So there was like a big gym, the big fancy gym, and it might right. not have even been there when you were there. My barracks were uh, literally right behind the big fancy gym in Casey. So like I literally just had to leave my barracks front door, walk across the street and walk into the gym. Oh shit, okay. So um and it was like it wasn't 210 cuz when I I left Korea and I went to 210 at Carson. Mm-hmm. Um but it was like 218, not 218, two something like that. Okay. I don't remember what it was. So. I'm not sure. I know I know my old sergeant, my old first sergeant was a sergeant major out there. Uh Sergeant Major Brenton. I don't know if he was there during your time. 
Uh, but no, I don't. Okay. When did you get to Korea? What year? Yeah. 
I'll tell you what. Um, I oh. from what I had heard was um, if you volunteered to go to Korea, then you had your um, choice of duty station on your way back. All right, but you okay. had to fill out some document before, and um, it was during your uh, well, I, I had PCS from Fort Hood to Korea. So um, anyways, I, I I chose to go to Korea and I wanted to come back to Hood. Well. About three months before it was time for D Rose, um, I had no orders yet in my motherfucking a um in my AKO, so I call a branch, and um, I tell him, hey, I'm supposed to be having a uh, orders back to Fort Hood, and I don't see anything on my AKO, and they were like, oh no no, I got you right here, uh, Sergeant Lopez, right? Yeah, you're going to um, Fort Stewart, Georgia. Out <laughs> oh, fucking standing, bro. I was, and then um, I was like, no, I'm not. I told him I want to go to Fort Hood or I'm out. And they were like, okay, then you'll just have to sign a deck statement. Oh, they they, they got that green weenie on me, though. Uh, I didn't sign a deck statement. Obviously, I stayed in and um, I ended up PCS in the Fort Stewart, which turned out to be a, a pretty good spot, actually. So, all right. So you went to Fort Carson. Uh, what unit were you in, Carson? I was in 210. Uh, 210. And I was in Alpha Battery, but it was uh, First Brigade. Uh, so Urena, I was with Urena and um, Gary. He was on the show. Gary's the one who, uh, yeah, he was kind of like telling me a bunch, like that I should hit you up and that I should try and come on. Um, yeah, dude. I'm all about and, getting all on here, bro. Because honestly, we all have stories too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Now that you, were, were yeah. you look, so you were with Urena. Me and you see, me and Urena were together in Korea. That's where I met Urena. Okay. At. So we were both little E5s back in the day and shit. And now he's he's getting yeah, to come out. So you knew Folger yeah, he too wasn't, then, right? Yeah, Folger. He's my uh, first sergeant when yeah, I was he was there. one of the chiefs when I was in Korea, too. I was in Korea with him. He's sergeant major now. Yeah, I like Folger a lot. Uh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. I have him on Facebook, so. Same. Um, yeah. And I got Urena. Um, I don't have, like, a lot of those other people, though, I don't like follow or stay in contact anymore like there's a lot of people that were there that i just uh like lost connection with oh, i'll so, tell you it happens man especially when yeah. you get out you know so did you get to deploy at all uh so i <clears throat> i did not deploy carson was gonna deploy um and i had re-enlisted uh for money and to reclass right and then and it was right before the deployment but after i reclassed i came back and i was put on orders to go to germany oh. and um like first arm folger and like the battalion i actually worked for the battalion commander at that time okay. um and they all freaked out and they were like no he's going on this deployment they called the um hrc and all the people and they were trying to get my orders uh like dismissed or something right. uh, but it didn't work out amended and they basically like uh they basically said no this guy's going to germany and he's not going on that deployment sorry and uh but in germany i did go like i went out to the middle east i went to georgia okay but i was only there for a couple months and um then i went all around like ukraine lithuania latvia poland on uh like Deter, deter Russian aggression. That oh, was our, right. our okay. like mission. So, so by that time you had like already 20... reclassed though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was a 
I went to Germany as a fister. Okay. Now, uh, yeah. did, did you advance in rank already by that time, by the time you re, uh, reclassed? Uh, so I was a specialist when I, um, cause I was at like around three years, uh, not even three years. I don't even think I was at three years yet when I, I know I had to been about three years reenlisted and then, um, I might not have been at three years. Might have been like two. So let me, uh, let me pick your brain real quick. Let me pick your brain real quick if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. You're the first fister I've had on here. So um I've always had a a shit talking about fisters. All I because I think that they're just infantry with maps. That's it, to be honest. I think it's an MOS that's obsolete. I think you know, but that's just my opinion. But then my homeboy Frank Felice. He he fucking was like, nah, man. Fisters are a huge asset to the field artillery, you know, to the gun line. What exactly does it entail to be a fister? Because, like I said, as far as I know, you guys just go out with the infantry and fucking uh, pretty much give us the fucking uh, azimuths, the fire missions, to where to fucking splash over, splash out. You know what I'm saying? That's all I know. <clears throat> so um, those like for for a good fister that is uh, a target of opportunity. Um, but generally before, like when I was a fister, uh, so like I made, I made my five and I got slotted as a forward observer. So like as a fister, there's other positions, but that's like, that's like the position you want to be in as a, as an FO. Right. And uh, so I was an FO for a long time and I never wanted to get pulled from being an FO and when my platoon, I would work with my platoon leader, which was an infantry guy. And then I was in a platoon of infantry dudes and I would work with my platoon leader and my, my platoon leader's goal is to just kill shit. And right. then I'm just a tool or an asset of his. And he'll be like, okay, like this is a threat that we have. How do we deal with it? And we would go out and we would like survey our dry fire lanes and things like that. And I would be like, okay, this is my fires plan. I would build my own fires plans and I would um, like layer fires, like to uh, make freedom of maneuver for my platoon to attack the target. And so I would like, I would have a fire mission that was hitting the objective area mm -hmm. of like a one, five, five. And then when we got within reds of the one, five, five, I would cut it down. I would cancel that fire mission and then initiate a fire mission that was pre-planned now. And it's one twenties. Oh, and then man. we get in with within reds with the one twenties and then I'd cancel that. And then I'd initiate the next mission, which was like 80 millimeter mortars and then sixties. And I would have all of this planned out. So like we would be rolling in on our strikers. And the moment that we dismounted, um, I would get on the radio and I would say, uh, fire target mission alpha alpha one zero zero one and then i had uh i had atax like i had a map and a gps too but i had a program called atax mm -hmm. that would i would draw all my my phase lines and like my missions would be on yeah. there and i could see my movement on the map and so i already knew like when i was approaching phase line such and such right i could you know call in ceasefire mission alpha alpha one zero zero one initiate fire mission alpha alpha zero zero one two dude and you're getting my dick hard like, just hearing this go ahead brother oh sorry <laughs> go ahead so, no no it's cool man and then so you know and then once we get up to the objective area where we can see the objective that's when 
you get and so like before all of this goes down i'd be in briefings and they'd be like okay you have this is your allotted ammo you have control of the triple sevens blah 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 and it might not be my platoon that has control of the triple sevens it might be in you know third platoon or some shit but like whatever it is i'm told you get this much ammo to to deal with and uh so then i would plan all of that shit that i was just telling you about i'd plan that out with the ammo that i had mm-hmm. and i would leave like a reserve of you know however many rounds for targets of opportunity and that's when you get those missions where it's like we've assaulted the objective we're up on the objective and now we have like like uh some sort of you know a fucking platoon of enemy coming in that's like trying to support the their objective and right. we're trying to kill them that's when i start calling off fire missions like hey uh hey you this is me fire mission over and right. i just start blowing shit up and then so there's a lot to it and it's not just artillery like fisters they do artillery mortars aircraft like i've uh i've been running through the woods like doing that same shit where i'm like coordinating these missions that are pre-planned and talking to a uav and talking to a helicopter all at the same time trying to like deconflict while i'm running through the woods with night vision and shit trying to tell this helicopter like hey stay fucking like east of you know whatever and like fucking telling this uav like hey you need to get the fuck out of the sky because we got a fucking ach you know a fucking apache coming (laughs) in or whatever yeah dude you, you got you got my dick hard right now no homo just hearing the fucking the uh, the lingo because I just remember hearing that shit over the radio. Ah, anyways, um, this shit's about to cancel out on me. I'm gonna shoot you a new link in about ten minutes because it's Zoom and Zoom only allows me to do it. All like. right, everybody, we are back after our ten minute break because Zoom likes to be assholes to me, and I'm a baller on a budget. So we're gonna continue here with our story with Duke. Uh, so you know what we completely went over, man. Um. What, what was your experience in basic training like, bro? Like, did you have OSUT or where did you uh where'd you go to uh for basic? Uh, I went uh to SIL for basic and AIT. Um, basic was, I mean, like, I don't think the drill sergeants really liked me that much. Uh, <clears throat> like not that like i'm like some kind of a badass or anything mm-hmm. uh, but i was in pretty good shape from like working construction and like i was pretty athletic in school like even when i was in job corps they let me play sports for like the local high school and uh yeah i grew up in a small town in colorado like we had a rock wall and uh like we'd go shooting you know like so like i knew how to repel and like um i knew how to shoot and like do obstacle courses and like all like so none of that was really hard for me i i didn't know how to read a a mgrs map but i knew how to use a compass and you know so like there's a lot of things that like uh you remember any of your drill sergeant's names uh the only drill sergeant i remember was drill sergeant lally he was a third or he was 11 bravo drill sergeant lally and he uh He's the only one that liked me. So like, uh, <laughs> you know, when you go to the range to shoot in basic, you like stand there in a formation and then like the first row steps forward and then they go to their lanes. Right. And then the next people step up. 
So like every time I would step up and I would be next in line to shoot, Drill Sergeant Lally would come and he would find me and grab me by my ch- like by my shit and he'd pull me out of line. He'd move me down to a different spot and he'd shove me back in line. And then when I went to my lane, it was his lane. Ah, okay. And he never told me how to shoot. He would just talk shit to me the whole time. <laughs> he would just be like. <laughs> you didn't have like a drill sergeant so, Flores by any chance? Not that I remember. Uh, or a liming. You would remember liming. And there was a, let me see, who else was there? Warling was another one. But uh, those were all guys that I was with that went on the trail around that time so right on okay so was basic um did you have an idea what to expect when you got there or like um was it like an eye-opening experience especially coming from like a small town um so it was i mean like i learned a lot i i did because like i thought you know i thought i was the shit you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and then like I went into the army and I was like, Oh fuck, I'm just like a normal guy. Um, so, but slice of I, uh, pie, huh? I did expect it to be a lot harder though. You know, like I, I was humble for sure, but like at no point in time did I ever want to quit at no point in time. Did I ever think it was too hard? And okay. I just like expected it to like, to be something that pushed me to more of my limits than it did. And it, it was hard. Like I, I can see why people quit, but, um, I totally expected it to be like way harder than it was. Something more like along the lines of a full metal jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I grew up watching, you know, those war movies and stuff and like full metal jacket. I was like, that's probably what it's going to be like. And, uh, so yeah, but it wasn't uh, bad. I, yeah, I was, um, when I went through, it was back in Oh four and, um, it's a trip when you run into your drill sergeants because artillery is a small, small world. And um, you run into your drill sergeants afterwards and they're like, man, we fucked with y'all real hard. You know what I mean? This is back in 04. I mean, they, it was a bit tougher than probably what you had it, but it wasn't as tough as I say, like the 90s cats had it or the 80s cats. Every generation is going to shit on the next generation. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I mean, the good thing is that you went through it, passed it, good to go. But what was it like uh, reclassing, though, uh, from you know, 13 Delta 13 Fox. Now you're going through a whole new MOS. You're dealing with a whole different mentality because that's more like, especially when you be stuck with the infantry. Did you see any similarities between the infantry world and the artillery world at all? Or what were the big differences? Um, so I'll cover that in, in like sections, I guess. Sure. So the process of uh, reclassing. Um, I didn't go to Fort Sill to go through my 13 Fox school. Okay. I went through a national guard base in Pennsylvania. I forget what it was called. Um, but I went out there and they, that is a, uh, that base out there that I went to was some kind of active national guard base that does nothing but reclass people. Oh, wow. So they have a full artillery thing. I think it's all combat MOSs though. So they do all the combat MOSs. They do infantry, artillery. Um, I think they had some like engineers or something. Uh, so like I went out there and I did it and it was a completely different um, like situation because everyone was reclassing. Everyone had already been in for a while. There was sergeants, you know, like 
I don't think there was anyone below specialist there that was in the process of reclassing. So like we had a lot more freedom and uh, it was still, you still had to do all of the same things. And like, we had to do ruck marches and all that, but it was like, you were expected, like it was big boy rules. Right. Like a gentleman's course almost. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Then with the, the comparisons to like infantry and artillery is uh like they're both like like artillery man is really high energy like when you're in an artillery unit and you're you're like in a triple seven unit and mm-hmm. you you have all these like like young e5s that i almost feel like are on a mission to like prove themselves and they're just like dickheads to for the artillery guys they're just like dickheads to people and like they they got to yell at every private they see that fucking has their like you know something fucked up like their their flags just barely fucked up and they yep. would just want to eat their soul <laughs> and, guilty 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 so and i know cuz i was there you know and then when i was in the infantry world i think it might have been a little bit different because I was in the infantry world, but I was a fister. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't like the infantry guys didn't fuck with me the same way that they would fuck with their soldiers. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> from what I seen a lot is it was like, if you were fucked up, you were fucked up and they were going to fix it. But um, I don't think that they were like, they were crazy. I've seen a lot of crazy infantry dudes, but I don't think they were as much like you didn't run into as many like dickhead E5s or dickhead corporals as you did like in the artillery world. It's like usually about the time you're like a seasoned staff sergeant that you start to chill out, it seems like. And then in the infantry world, it's like it's it, it that chill hits you a lot sooner. Okay. I feel like, yeah, um, I was definitely, so. definitely, definitely that um yeller. Um as soon as I got that P status, they fucking lateraled my ass to corporal in Korea. But that was only so I could go be bus monitor and fucking pull fucking, <laughs> um, you know, uh, CQ and shit like that. But um, yeah, as a young E5, young sergeant, I got my section while I was out there in Korea. And um, so that comes with a lot of responsibility, you know. And if, you know, in artillery, it's all about fucking the tiny fucking standards the, the smallest fucking we we try to teach that you know this you're off by one mil that round's gonna land in fucking walmart instead of fucking uh on top of the troops that you wanted to fall on you know what i mean so yeah got all that on us as well as we work in organized chaos you know especially if you've seen on the if you've been on the gun line and once that fire mission comes down and everybody's yelling fire mission there's so many fucking things going on at one goddamn time that it, it 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 takes its toll. Like being a chief to me was the funnest job, and yeah, I, I did eventually learn to chill the fuck out. I mean, but there were a lot of fucking NCOs though that weren't like me. Like Urena, for example. Urena's never been a yeller. Urena's always been yeah. calm, cool, collected. You know me. I've always been. I think it just depends on your leadership style, and you know, now that I'm out, hindsight being twenty twenty, I'm sure that I could have gone. I could have done things differently. You know what I mean? 
but um i love my soldiers that's one thing like i mean i might have dug in your ass like hard but you know afterwards i'm just gonna pat you on the back all right let's get to work baby you know what i mean but i would only get mad or yell if you did something that i knew you knew better than to do you know what i mean like if it depending on the level of the fuck up and your level level of knowledge that will be my um the way i come at you you know um but anyways yeah i I used to hold my fucking jokes to high standards too like i mean in korea bro that's where i learned it was like my soldiers were never allowed to tuck their fucking blouses into their boots i fucking hated that hated it so i would buy them trouser blousers if they wouldn't want to buy them i would buy them for them so that they blouse because one thing about artillery men we're very well we were i don't know about now but we were very uh we held ourselves in high regard and high standards about our uniform. Like our beret had to be fucking on point. Our uniform had to be pressed, starched. Boots had to be black and shined. You know what I mean? You can't look like garbage, like ass. But then you go and see the infantry cast and look like garbage. You look at the fucking tankers with their stupid ass boots and belts. Look stupid. But you look at an artilleryman. We look high fucking speed, baby, until we open our mouths. And, <laughs> and you know, we're like, what the fuck happened there? But no, nah, dude. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, yeah, that's a trip, man. I mean, I. So why didn't you think about just going infantry? Uh, <clears throat> so I actually, like when I reclassed. Yeah. Um, so. So there's. Like when I went to Fort Carson, mm-hmm. we went to I'm sure you heard about the the whole Fort Knox shit. Um. Like everyone goes to Fort Knox. Like when I went to Fort Carson, I went to Fort Knox and that's where I met Urena. And he was not, he wasn't my chief because mm-hmm. I wasn't a 13 Bravo. Right. But he was like my, my squad leader for my cycle at Knox. And okay. like we would feed the, the college kids and shit, like the, <clears throat> whatever they call them. The and uh, the cadets. Yeah. So we would like go and feed them and like drag their bags around. Okay. And then like during that whole time, we all we did was like work out, eat, fuck with the cadets mm-hmm. and then like turn around and study for like, like I had to take a test when I got back, the 13 Delta test. And oh, all, they, all we did was study for that shit. And then so the, the 13 Bravos, they were studying too. And then the 13 Foxes, they were studying as well. So that was like all we did was drink party work out and study and then fuck with the cadets <laughs> right and i'm, I'm we- sorry <laughs> you, you made me laugh when you said the 13 brothers were studying the show. i'm like wait what how to sw- how to sweep the line with the push broom <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> well so i don't know uh what your guys is like balls. test <laughs> consists of you know but It'll i know you guys ASPT. got like a- yeah yeah so well anyways we come back and we take those tests and I did really well on my test. Um, I had a lot of help from some other uh, 13 deltas, um, but I did really well. And then I actually did so well that uh, the Colonel was the artillery Colonel. He was looking for a new crew because all of his guys that were on his, his crew, the guys that like his personal RTO and driver and okay. like gunner and all that, they were like PCSing and leaving so he wanted a new crew and I was fairly like, I'd only been at Carson for six months and 
Um, I did really well on my tests. So they pulled me out and um, he's like selected me to go beyond there. Okay. And the other guy that he selected was a fister. So the other lower enlisted guy that he selected was a fister. So me and that dude, we became like good friends. And uh, like, I learned a lot from that guy. And then uh, when everybody was coming to the end of our contract, Mm -hmm. uh, that guy, he reenlisted. And then um, we had a sergeant with us and he dropped a packet to go um, to uh, CID. And then we had um, Captain Holder with us and he played uh he played um some sport for the army like he was going to go to the olympics and shit but um he had to come back for the captain's career course so he was going to go back and play fucking rugby or some shit for the army and um sergeant shepherd was going to go to cid and eric majuran which was my buddy <laughs> yeah that fucking snitch huh? he's <laughs> yeah. a good guy man he was, he was a good guy but know. uh mm-hmm. uh eric was my my buddy and he was gonna go he just re-enlisted and i was the only one that didn't have anything going on and the colonel told me he's like what do you want to do and i was like i'm just gonna get out and he was like no you're not and i was like no i like i mean i think i'm i'm gonna get out and he said you tell me what you want anything that you want to get you to stay in and i'll make it happen oh, and uh so i said i wanted to reclass to uh canine handler um and I guess that's not really possible unless you're an MP. MP, yeah. Uh, so they did the whole thing. They tried. Um, he called the retention NCO and he said, hey, I'm going to send this soldier down to you. I want you to get him a slot as a canine handler. Da, 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 da. I had to go in. I had to take the uh, that stupid fucking test where you run, you do the beep test and you have to do deadlift and all that shit. Okay. OPAT, I think. Um mm-hmm. And then uh, we did a bunch of paperwork and the retention NCO, he fought for like a couple months trying to get me a slot for the canine handler school. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't going to happen until they finally wrote back and they said, look, he's not an MP. Why would we give him a chance at this school? Right. So uh, then I was talking to the retention NCO and he was like, it's like, I don't know what else to do for you if you, have any other jobs you want to do let me know and uh we'll see what we can do and then i was talking with eric and eric's like dude just go be a fister like it's a completely different world than like being a delta Mm -hmm. um and it's a being a fister in the military is a completely like it's it's a completely different military experience for one um but uh so I went back, I told him, I was like, Hey, if you can get me a slot as a fister, I'll, uh, I'll re-enlist for that. The next day he called me up and he said, we have one slot available. If you want it, you have to come down here right now. Oh, shit. And, uh, I went down there, fucking signed the contract. And then like a couple months later, I was on my way to Pennsylvania to do my reclass. Oh yeah. So I'm sure the reclass is pretty simple though. Right. Like, I mean, learning how to, well, probably had, had a lot to do with radios and, calling for fire map reading yeah all your normal stuff we had to do a land nav course um i don't think we shot any we didn't have to do like a rifle qual but you had to do a pt test i think at the beginning at the end you had to do a ruck march and a land nav course 
Mm. Other than that, um, it was all call for fire, read maps in the, you know, simple stuff. So, and then, um, I mean, they, they teach you, I'm guessing the, um, the capabilities of each system as well, whether it be the one, one, nine or triple seven, a one, a one, five, five paladin mortar systems. And you got to learn their fucking, um, their capabilities. Like I said, you know, like their distances and shit. That's pretty fucking Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and that was like a part of a, the job as a fister is you have a lieutenant, an infantry lieutenant that knows nothing. Mm. And he, he'll ask you like, Hey, can we hit that with something? And then I have to know how far away that target is. And I have to tell him like, look, we can hit it with this or this or this. And like, if we hit it with this, we can be standing at this distance or we right. have to be, we're this close to these. We got to go, we got to lay down, you know, and like, or like we're, uh, you know, so close. I have to get your initials to send oh, in shit. with this fire mission. God damn, so. danger close, baby. Shit. Yeah, danger close, dude. I just trip out on my. I. Well, there used to be always um a blame game on the gun line, like you know, like what the fuck is taking so long? Why ain't we getting any missions? You know, FTC like, oh, we're waiting on the hill, and um, of course the hill will blame the. The fisters, and I mean, the hill would blame the FTC. The FTC would blame the guns, and just be one vicious cycle of everybody pointing fingers. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why can't we shoot? Because I mean, that's the the whole point of going out to the field is to go make things go boom. You know what I mean? That's the whole purpose of us. So, y'all need to stop taking naps out there on that hill, bro, and just start sending the missions down. All right? <laughs> Why the fuck does it take so long for y'all to send missions down? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so sometimes like we would go out there and it's not that we couldn't send missions, but it was, it was really, there was something going on where like sometimes you're up there and you have to wait, you know, for this fucking commander to show up because uh, he wants to watch. And uh, sometimes that was this, that was the thing. Other times, you know, like we would be up there and we'd be ready to go all day mm -hmm. and no one would be there we would show up the day before sometimes be chilling and they'll be like oh no they're uh, like they're not even going to come out until tomorrow and then there's always like the the way it was for me when i was a fister was we lived with the infantry mm -hmm. and so we went to the field with the infantry we did everything with the infantry and then you know randomly they would be like hey uh you guys got to go and support the art artillery guys and you have to help them too. And it would, there was not a whole lot of communication with that. So it would mm -hmm. be like, we would just randomly get told like, Hey, this battery is going out to qualify and you guys have to go observe for it. And then we would be like, we just got back from like live fires with mm -hmm. these guys. Like, and then they would be like, Nope, go back out there. <laughs> get your ass back um, out there to your job. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And there was, there wasn't a lot of consistency because they would send, just whoever the whoever they wanted and like they didn't have like a schedule so they would just be like who's who's available right now so, so let me ask you so um going through all that like um knowing what you know now would you have chosen well let's talk about this um how long have you been out now uh it's been about two two and a half years okay um did, what were some of the um did you have any challenges when you got out 
yeah i did uh so like um when i got out i uh i went and i bought a brand new truck when i got out and that was the the biggest mistake that i did it was because i went and i got a job making way more money than i did when i was in right and i went out and bought a brand new truck and uh then i quit that job and mm. i went and i was driving trucks i was driving semis and i got fat and i was driving the, those trucks and then like just decided that wasn't for me and then i got out of driving trucks and then now i got this big truck payment and i'm like you know what i mean so oh, yeah. like those were some challenges and then like driving trucks was a challenge like i bought my own semi truck and uh then i when i decided i didn't want to drive trucks no more now i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do with this semi truck and i gotta like you know so it was uh it was a lot of struggles with the the trucking stuff you know Did and like you... just trying to even yes sir uh no, no. yes sir i work for a living now <laughs> that um that um did you um did you med board or did you just ets I ETS. I just okay. got out. So uh yeah, I, I was actually go ahead. I got out at Hood. So like you said you were at Hood. I, I got out at Hood. I left um Germany and I went to Hood and I was at Hood for uh I was supposed to be there for 16 months, but it ended up being a lot less than that by the time I uh used some of my GI Bill to go get my CDL. Okay. They let me do that. And then, um, then I had a whole bunch of leave days saved up. So I'd like, I was really probably only there for maybe, maybe 12 months. Shit. Well, you um, know where you're with and I'm the hood. I was, uh, the division fire support NCO. Okay. I have no idea what that is, which <laughs> I was gotcha. in the division and <clears throat> I was an E5 and they had me slotted as an E7. Um, damn. Yeah. So, and that was, that was a part of the reason I got out. Um, so it seemed like you were never going to be able to get to your job, huh? Well, no, I just like when I was leaving Germany, I was like, like my reenlistment window was open. It was like $80,000 reenlistment bonus. Um, eight zero and 80,000. Yeah. was my reenlistment bonus. Eight zero, yeah. Ooh, we and I got out, and what? I got out. I, I, I feel so, you. Though. I mean, it, it's stuff for everybody, but eight thousand dollars, I would have fucking been like, sign me up. Sign so me I, up. go ahead, man. My my plan wasn't even to get out. My plan was to stay in. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I got to Fort Hood, I was in reception at Fort Hood. And I had orders to go to like third brigade or something mm -hmm. like normal, like a normal situation. And then on the day, like, and didn't have a sponsor contact me. I was a sergeant um, and didn't have a sponsor contact me or anything. And then on the day that you're supposed to meet your sponsors, mm -hmm. they like call everyone's name out. And then at the very end, I'm like, what the fuck? And then the guy that's reading off names, he's like "Hey, Sergeant Duke. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, this is weird, but you got new orders and your sponsors over there. So I go over there and it's some girl, uh, I forget her name. She was a, an NCO and she worked like in the supply room in division. And she was like, Hey, uh, here's your orders. Um, 
or not, not here's your order. She said, here's Sergeant Major Alvarez. Do you, you might know Sergeant Major Alvarez. Do you know Sergeant Major Alvarez? Mm-mm. Nah, I don't know that name. Well, he was, uh, at the time, he was the Division Fire Support Sergeant Major. And uh, she was like, here's his phone number. You need to give him a call. Hmm. So I call him up and uh, he was like, hey, come over to it was about lunchtime he's like hey come over to the the division office and uh when you get here we're gonna have lunch and we're gonna talk i'm like all right so i thought i was in trouble thought i did something wrong but uh (laughs) so i go to the division i i didn't know where it was i had to find it and um then you gotta have like you you can't just you can get in the front door but you can't leave like the lobby area because you have to scan your cat card to get in doors and shit okay and uh so like I'm calling him and he like sent someone out to get me and like brings me up there. I have lunch with him in his office. And, uh, he basically told me that, um, if I, I was stuck in division, unless I reenlisted, like th- that they weren't going to let me get promoted. They were going to keep me in division and I had Damn. to reenlist. Otherwise, otherwise I was going to stay there. And, uh, so I was like, nah, like I'll get out then. Right. Like you're not going to just like hold. And I really like Sergeant Major Alvarez. And if he ever watches this, like I really do like him and appreciate everything he did for me um, when I was working for him. But I just didn't feel like that was fair. Right. You know, and I feel like they were kind of like trying to incentivize that I reenlist. Mm-hmm. But when you show up to a brand new unit and you do that to someone, it, like that was a huge reason why I ended up getting out, you know. Right. So, so then UTS out of um out of Fort Hood then right out of the good old clean, fucking Copper's Cove area. Oh, good night. Yeah, yeah. I was um yeah I was there from 05 to 07 and um, fucking Fort Hood is the hood, baby. I'll tell you that much. You know, you go out that East Gate on Rancier, it's the hood. <laughs> so okay, so you ended up getting out um and. When you ETS, did you go straight back to uh, Tulsa or did you stay around? No, I went to Colorado. Okay. I went to Colorado. So I, uh, I got a job working for this company, uh, building, uh, just basically doing construction. We were, uh, they had me building like big giant, basically like septic tanks for companies or like, so Walmart has some sort of like sewer system. And a lot of times it's literally just a giant septic tank. Um, and I was working for a company that would build that. And I was making $23 an hour plus overtime. I was working like 60 hours a week. And uh, I did that for a while. And then uh, my supervisor, um, the, your supervisor or this company anyways, like the supervisor, his bonus is determined by how much profit he makes so he started cutting hours so like i would work 60 hours but i only get paid for 40 and that's when i quit um yeah and then i uh then i went and drove trucks and i drove trucks until i met my wife and then um when i met her she was like like come to tulsa let's fucking you know figure it out and now I'm here just uh, I, I just do carpentry work um, trying to like we're trying to get it life figured out uh, 
And then once I get into a situation where like, I'm not spending so much money, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go use my GI bill for something. That's my plan right now. That's good. Um, That's good. One thing I do recommend is definitely take advantage of your GI bill and fucking dude. Even if you just got to get that. I had a couple of soldiers. What they ended up doing was when the ETS, they would file for unemployment and then they would like uh, get school. So that way they get their BAH for schooling, you know, the school money and all that good shit, as well as the unemployment check. So that way they had funds oh. coming in. So um, me, I hit the ground running. Like, I mean, that's where I fucked up. I didn't get no break in between. But it sounds like you're somebody who likes to be outdoors, work with your hands and fucking, you know what I mean? You're not like a corporate type or office top, office job type, right? Is that fair to say? Uh, well, I mean, like part of the reason I went to the army was because I was working construction and I, I didn't want to be doing that forever. Mm -hmm. So like, if I, if I go back to school for something, I want to get into a career where I'm not killing my body. You know, like like, I don't want to, you know, just like the, the military, like beats us down and everything, like doing constructions the same way you know so i don't know what it is that i'm gonna do um i've had lots of like ideas but it's definitely gonna be something that i enjoy but not something that's gonna kill me so i feel you on that man i got out and um because i'm the type that i like to work i like to be physical with work so construction my perfect type of work unfortunately i got back issues you know thanks to the good old army but um, so I can work one to two days like of hard work. I'll give you some good hard work. The rest of the week, I'm going to be laying in bed. You know what I mean? Like muscle spasmed out and just fucked. So I tried doing the corporate thing, like working at an office and all that shit. And unfortunately, that didn't work out well for me, especially for those of us that were in combat MOSs, uh, because we just have a way of speaking, a way of talking and just the way that we carry ourselves. And just, you know, our mannerisms sometimes are seen as um, almost threatening to some people, you know, and I don't understand why, you know, like, anyway, but I see what you're saying. So you don't have an idea what you want to go to school for um, yet, though. Well, I have I, I have ideas. Um, it's just I haven't, like, totally chose anything yet. So do you regret um, joining um, a combat MOS or did you... Would you have preferred to join um with a, a job that would have you lined up with a career on the outside? No, no, I uh I if I could do it all over, I the only thing that I would try and do all over is I would try and enlist as a as a fox from the beginning. Right. That that was the only thing I would change. See um, it, and like mm-hmm. <laughs> a Del or a, a Bravo, maybe, you know, like I, I probably could have fell in love with that job or you know something combat related though is what i would have preferred to do that makes a lot of sense i mean i get it like my one of my buddies um my best friend i could say um him like we've always talked when we talking we're discussing like you know why would we join the army to do something that we could do in the civilian sector you know i'd rather say you know i was fucking well he wanted to go airborne be airborne artillery so he could say that he kicked out um howitzers and then jumped after him you know what I mean? Because you want to you want to do something that you don't do in the civilian sector. Now, that's yeah. why I plan to do the whole 20. That was my whole plan, doing all 20 and then retiring and I'm fucking done. You know what I mean? So I guess it all boils down to, though, what your 
your plans are, your goals are uh, in life as far as success goes? You know, like I've been talking a lot about success, what people find is successful. So what defines success for you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, you know, I don't like care for all the, uh, the fancy stuff, you know, like my, my, um, my wife makes more money than I do. And, mm-hmm. um, she's got a good job. Uh, and she, like, I make good money, but she's on like salary and it's like in management and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, we don't have any kids, neither of us have any kids. So it's just like, you know, as long as the house is good you know what i mean like i'd like to maybe like someday you know <clears throat> buy like a little car and like fix it up or something right have my little race car and like have my my shop um where i can go and piddle around and fuck with shit but like i'm not trying to um be rich i'm not like it's the end i'd and like I'm to glad you said live that. No, I mean, I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people confuse being successful with being financially, you know, um, just rich, being able to shit money wherever you want. To me, it took me a long time to realize, you know what success is to me when um, I have four walls um, and a roof, food on my belly, and I don't have a want. I don't have a need. You know, anything I do buy, it's because it'll be because I want it versus I need it. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. a lot of people, they get stuck in this whole, I want to keeping up with the Joneses. You know what I mean? And they yeah. end up just burying themselves in debt, bro. Shit, we're running out of fucking time. This shit went by quick, bro. Oh, we only got about three minutes left. So let me ask you, man, Um, any advice that you would give out to any future soldiers or future veterans coming out? Like, what would be some kind of advice that you would provide them, if any? Uh, uh you know um for guys going in like it's easier just to just to do it um like if you're if you're only going to do one contract or or whatever it is it's easier just to do your contract and get out than it is to you know like i've seen a lot of guys that uh got in and wanted to get out so bad so they try and like get in trouble or something. Um, and then for like guys getting out, you know, just do something that makes you happy, but don't, uh, don't put yourself in a situation where you're, um, in debt, like you're saying, um, like I, uh, I bought a fucking Peterbilt and all kinds of shit and like was driving my own truck, you know, making a bunch of money, but it was like, it really wasn't worth it for the amount of money that I was hemorrhaging compared to the amount of money that I got to keep. So if, if you're very, uh, like if you're, if you're ready to put in the work, do it, but you don't gotta, you don't gotta do that shit to be happy. You know, honestly, you just need to, you know, just have your fucking have yourself a good plan when you get out, you know, um, and you might struggle on your way out but always reach out to your fellow vets your fellow brothers and arms man they're gonna be there to help you out even if it's just fucking emotional support you know what i mean um shit uh man i'm really happy you were able to get on here i know this one went a little bit faster than normal for some reason it just went it blew by but um whenever you want to come back on the invite is open 
you know, I'd love to have you back on here. We could just chop it up and shoot the shit now that we know about you. Now we'll have some more uh, gun line conversations uh, like we would out there in the field. But, um, dude, would you be able, uh, willing to come back on again? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I mean, like, I'm sure just like you, I got all kinds of fucking funny stories from oh, yeah. being in. You know, we can. Uh, so, yeah, anytime that you uh, you need to, like, fill a space and you need someone to come on and yeah. be on the show just hit me up sounds like a plan bro sure. all you got to do is hit me up like hey man you you, you wanna uh, you mind if i come on if you just want to come and talk and shut and chop it up trust me this is like my therapy bro therapy without the therapist because there's nothing that understands no one understands a veteran better than another veteran you know what i mean and like i don't even know you from adam but now i do and i swear to god like i mean bro whenever you want to hit me up you got my number and uh, just feel free to hit me up anytime, brother. For everybody else, hey, thanks for being here on the gun line, episode 292. We're close to 300. I don't know if we're going to do something for 300. But anyways, my time's about to blow out. So with that said, rounds complete. End of mission. Gun line out. March order, motherfuckers. Hey, man, thanks a lot, dude.